everybody. Welcome to Obscure Animation. This is the show where we talk about indie animation and we try to give it its day in the sun and it's a lot of fun. And today we are putting it on our philosophy caps <laughs> for, for a very, very deep, profound movie, or at least it's trying to be. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about it. We're talking about Waking Life by Richard Linklater from 2001. And I, from Rachel Wagner, Stanford is here. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? <laughs> Good, good. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready to, to well, talk? Well, I think so. I, you know, yeah. my mind was was uh, pushed to the limits. Are we going to uh, be, be better friends after this? <laughs> Come to know each other at a deep right. level? Or at least where we, where, where we view some of the deeper questions of yeah, life, right. you know? That can even, you know, some of even almost like the unanswerable questions, right, of life. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. Right, bring uh, it. Yes. So, Waking Life. Uh, had you seen this movie before? No, I'd not seen it. I never had to. It was kind of on my bucket list because I love Richard Linklater. Yeah, Richard Linklater. Exactly. Yeah. Same. And he had done, he's done two animated films. Uh, Scanner Darkly, and then this, and I had I hadn't seen either. Well, Still I haven't say, seen Scanner Darkly. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't I hadn't seen either either. You know until now I've seen Waking Life, but yeah, yeah. So I I definitely want to see <laughs> Scanner Darkly mm-hmm. now too. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this this uh, how do you how do you even think how do we describe Waking Waking Life is basically a man is dreaming mm-hmm. and as he dreams he wanders through the the world talking to people about what they think about life yeah that's exactly that accurate and i think that's <laughs> perfect it's a perfect description right and i think <laughs> and sometimes he's in the scene and sometimes he's not yet he's yet he's always the presence you know mm-hmm. you always know that this is a this is about him either his dreams or his you know whatever is going on uh yeah it even it's kind of like an inception in that way even when he's dreaming he even when he thinks he's woken up from the dream he's still dreaming yes yeah so we don't know what is going on if he's dead or if he's just dreaming and dreaming and dreaming or or what is going right. on with the character yeah and mm-hmm. and in a way I mean, well, I don't know if he's necessarily aged because we only see him young near the first of the movie, right? Or younger. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so he's definitely, like, like, a man. I, yeah. I don't know if he's an old man, though. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he looks like he's a somewhat young-ish man. Maybe, what, like, 30-something? Late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. maybe? Most of the time. It's interesting because this movie came out before September 11th. Yeah. In January of 2001. It debuted at Sundance. Yes. And it debuted at Sundance. And I, it just feels like this movie is so pessimistic about like we've lost, we've forgotten how to dream. We've forgotten, uh, uh, we've forgotten what matters in the world and we've lost ourselves. There's all this existential dread. And if yeah. they thought that was true in, in 2000, can you imagine? I know, right? Um, well, you know, that's a really good, that's a really good point because you just, I just wonder what Richard Linklater was thinking, 
you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean that, like, what were you thinking? You know, it was right, more right. just like, what was he pondering about during, you know, during the creation of this film? Because the questions are super deep. And, I'm, and I agree with you. And that, and that whole time period and everything is like, wow, that's that's really something. How yeah. that all kind of, yeah. Because the <laughs> the the late nineties feel like uh, <laughs> feel like rainbows and sunshine <laughs> compared to yeah. You know, they. I think they, you know again. I mean, I lived. I lived through them. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was there. Right. <laughs> um, Me too. Yeah, exactly. Say so we both were there. The but, and I, and I agree with you. You compare it. You compare it to now, and it sure seems different. But I remember also being a really weird time, particularly like two thousand, two thousand one. And I yeah, I'm trying to put a trying to pinpoint. Well, I'm surprised that. that I wasn't a bigger fan of this movie because this would have. I would have loved this movie in because I graduated from college in 2002 and I particularly my emphasis was political philosophy. Oh, my God. So yeah. I, so uh, this would have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved that kind of like heady discourse, as you yeah. might say. <laughs> I would have probably enjoyed it more actually, like during my college days. Yeah. To, uh, I think now I was looking at it more, I mean, clearly, you know, from an older pair of eyes, but uh, also uh, just the style of it yeah. as well. You know, the, the the production design and whatnot, because the whole thing was rotoscoped. Right. And yeah. In which that... was interesting because, again, because, yeah. but then in some ways, I mean, which we know we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get, I know we'll get into some of that, but. In some ways, that made me enjoy it more, and other times, it made me enjoy it less. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, because yeah. rotoscoper rotoscoping is kind of a dirty word in the animation community, and obviously not our friends over rotoscopers.com, but but uh, the actual yeah, the, act the people process. say, "Oh, it looks yeah. rotoscoped," is kind of a Ugh, thing. When yeah, you, yeah, that people say. It. I know, I mean, especially somebody like Ralph Bashti or somebody like that that does a lot of rotoscoping. That's kind of seen as ooh. And Rachel's, I mean, I mean, this is maybe kind of bad for me to say, but I'll say it anyway. But <laughs> I almost would have rather seen this film, uh, seen the non-animated film. Mm-hmm. I would think I, I almost wanted to. I multiple times that I think I'd rather see Linklater's footage that he filmed mm-hmm. you know that he did digitally shot yeah for this. they rotoscoped on top versus what we were seeing yeah. you know on screen yeah because they shot the the film and then they they rotoscoped over it which means basically kind of tracing over mm-hmm. but what they did in this movie is they used they they actually drew on top of the lines uh from yeah. the rotoscoping and so there was a like a hand uh hand drawn kind of feel to it all uh mm-hmm. rather than traditionally with rotoscoping uh you use a light box and you use cells and you copy uh the the animation i mean the the live action and the thing i guess that even though i love animation I don't really see what 
makes the animation matter. Like why we needed to do the animation. Like yeah. what's the point? I I agree with you. I, I, frankly, to me, it almost felt like it was a barrier into what was going on. I felt like I was looking through a window that had been colored on or painted on, but I really wanted to see again what was what was going on behind it. You know, again, again, what Linklater had actually filmed. Uh, just because I didn't, I didn't really just. I mean, I found it interesting, and sometimes I think it helped with with the philosophical discussion mm-hmm. that was, you know, was going on, you know, during the discussions that were going on during the film. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times I just found it, it was a combination of distracting yet also sometimes kind of interesting in that like instantly, for example, when I see, you know, you see like you know, Ethan Hawke or whatever, I mean, and you just, you know who it is. Like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, and the same with when Richard Linklater shows up in the, you know, in the final, final portion I mean, like you knew, like, oh yeah, that's Christian Linklater. And so that was kind of cool. I mean, there was like no doubt, you know, of who, <laughs> yeah. who it was. The way, again, the way that they were drawn. But I, yeah, it, it, I, I found the animation, frankly, more distracting than I did, uh, like, enjoyable or, or yeah. Yeah, I mean, beautiful I, or, yeah. They, they're obviously trying to use it to make it feel more dreamlike. Yes, exactly. But, since most of the imagery is people just sitting in and talking, it doesn't really help that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if we think of other That's movies crazy. that are heavily rotoscoped, like I don't know if you've ever seen Waltz with Bashir, uh, yeah. which is a war documentary type movie that uh, is uh, by Ari Fullman that is done through mostly rotoscoping. Rotos- yeah. And I feel like in that one, it's really trying to, uh, to paint this almost nightmare scape of war through the animation that's mm-hmm. not quite the same, with it, whether it be... Because there's something about about live action, even though it's, it's obviously horrific to see the images of war, it can become kind of routine. Like, oh, it's a war movie. And so, like, by, by having, like, yellow sky, it just kind of makes it a little more memorable. And I, yes. so I think it works there to have the rotoscoping here. I just don't know if it really, like, I didn't hate it or anything, but it just doesn't add a whole lot. Yeah. I didn't so think it, it feels added. kind of like why I agree with you on that. Uh, that's what I said in my notes. I said, what does it add to the story to be animated? Yeah. I think you hit it. I mean, it's, it seems to me the dreamlike, you know, to make it feel more dreamlike, but then again, Mm-hmm. I, I think that could have been accomplished with uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. live action too. Yeah. So <laughs> it did premiere at Sundance. And and it feels to me, I mean, it kind of felt to me like a Sundance <laughs> movie of the it late does. 90s, early 2000s, don't you think? Yes. I mean, it just seems like it just, I bet, I bet it was a hit at the festival. Yes. In fact, there was, it, there was a, uh, an animated film that's, that is interesting that people should check out uh, that was also rotoscoped at Sundance this year. <laughs> so uh, 20 years later, it's kind of interesting, a movie called Flea uh, oh, that yeah. people should take a look at about a, uh, it was a really good movie about a Afghan man who uh, shares his story and how he ended up 
um, uh, he's a gay man and how he, he ended up coming out to his, his family. And it, it's, it was really good. Uh, but it's kind of interesting that you see that, uh, 20 year kind of journey for this yeah. kind of film at Sundance. I felt, I, I saw Flea too. And oh, yeah. uh, I did. Yeah. Um, Sundance from home. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, uh, the, uh, and Flea really took advantage, I thought, of the anim, you know, of mm-hmm. the animated, you know, uh, format, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I thought it, it really, it really helped with the storytelling, and and also it was really interesting to look yeah. at. I think part of the thing for me with with you know with this film is that. Um, like the animation was almost like a one trick pony, you know. I mean, it was just the same yeah. thing every every and and only a couple times. Like there, there was one thing kind of near the end. Uh, not you know, not to give anything away, or because we'll get there. But uh, but there's like an exterior shot of the house, mm-hmm. and the house is like moving, kind of. Sh- they they did some they did some interesting things. It's just subtly shifting, or different yeah. portions of it are shifting. And I thought, okay, that looked really cool. Rather than just kind of a close-up of a face, <laughs> you know, that's done in mm-hmm. a pretty uh, flat style. Yeah. You know? And um, there was a point also where it goes to just black and white. Yeah. And I, I thought that was kind of striking. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, um, yeah. And and just about Flea, there's, there's, there's a point in that movie, not to give any spoilers or anything, but where I was so sure that he was going to be judged harshly by, I think it was a brother or sister. I can't remember, but I was I so sure. Was, I think and it then, was his brother or, his, yeah, his or brother. kind of his whole family, right? Yeah, his and, siblings. And he like gives him a hug and just says, he, I was just like, Oh, <laughs> cause I was just like preparing myself for this harsh judgment. And then yeah, he was so really kind and loving and I was that, oh, that up, yeah. so happy. But anyway, it starts out with a couple uh, thoughts. I mean, we could talk for days about a lot of these sort of speeches. And I would have no argument with anybody who found this movie incredibly pretentious, because I think it is incredibly pretentious. But <laughs> but I, that doesn't mean it doesn't have something interesting to say. Yeah. So I'll just say that outright. We had, In my um, Criterion project, we... Uh, we we give a, a pretentiousness scale, one to ten, <laughs> and uh, this would be very high, I think, no question. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, he says he says you come on this earth with a crayon pack. You may get six a six pack, twelve pack, sixteen pack, but it's all about what you do with the colors that you have. So. I mean, what what do we think about about that? Because there is sort of a slight um, there's a slight creationist slash Christian, I think, element to because I think Richard Linklater is a Christian, uh-huh. and I think there's a slight element to that here, while also still trying to be really existential, and you know that we are endowed with gifts and from our creator basically you know you bring up two really good points Rach. first off i'm glad you brought up that that uh, 
crayon quote mm -hmm. because really so much of that animation, I mean, it was done digitally, but it's almost, it almost looked like a, a crayon mm -hmm. kind of design, you know, as far as just the, the way that the, you know, the, the way, the way they use the colors and the way that you know, they drew the lines and whatnot. Um, so anyway, I thought that, you know, that was interesting, but the, um, yeah, it's what's what, what was interesting to me because initially I thought because I went into this movie pretty cold, mm -hmm. you know. I knew it was good. I knew it was a little bit what I was, you know, what I was getting into. But uh, you know, for some reason, I just, I just immediately, you know, and I know what happens when you assume, but but I assumed that Linklater was probably atheist, you know. So that mm -hmm. was very interesting to me. Like, no, he's he's actually believing that there is a god mm -hmm. and, yeah. and uh, that to me was uh kind of a happy discovery you mm -hmm. know being a believer myself and not having yeah. to think that oh dear you know you know what kind of arguments are they going to be presenting <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and he he talks about creation seems to come out of imperfection which is interesting, you know, yeah. obviously because we, because most people believe God is perfect. So how can creation come out of imperfection, but we are imperfect. So what, anything that we are going to create is going to come out of imperfection. Yeah. You know, and, uh, what, a, what kind of a trippy thing, <laughs> to, to, you know, to, to discuss. Yeah in a film like this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think I read somewhere, uh, I think it was Ethan Hawke who said that Linklater likes to listen to people talk. And we all know that is true from, <laughs> from boyhood <Yeah>. and from, <laughs> and from days of confused and from the before movies. It's a lot of talking. He loves it. He loves it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and this movie's I, no exception. No. And I think that he connects with people on on that level of just that sort of he wants to listen to hear what you have to say as opposed to kind of pre you know, really preachy kind of dialogue. Yeah. That's not really it's just it's more conversational than that. Yeah, because no. exactly, I agree with you, Rach, on the because I felt it was pretentious, yeah. but it, not but not preachy. Right, yeah. Which, again, also kind of an interesting approach because it's been so easy to go into super preachy. Hit, let me hit you over the head with my philosophy mm -hmm. kind of mode. But instead, I felt like he was, you know, opening up to, yeah, mm -hmm. just a yeah. very philosophical discussion. Do you have a favorite Linklater film? Uh, yeah, it's probably Boyhood. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I love I do love the before movies. So that yes, would be a hard absolutely. competition. Yeah. In my uh in my head between those. But Boyhood was just something really special. And I was lucky because I went into it really not knowing anything about it. Oh cool. because uh, I, I saw it pretty early on. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, this looks interesting. And and then I think people by the time it had the Oscar run, I think it, people were I don't know. I think people were wanting it to be a movie that it just wasn't. And uh, yeah, I can I can see that. I saw it. Uh, 
I saw it pretty early on in this run too, although I had mm-hmm. read some reviews. So I was aware mm-hmm. of, you know, of the time period that, you know, that yeah. it took to make the film. But still, it's, it's just about it the felt sp- like a real revelation watching yeah. it. I just loved it. And it was all about, it made me think of all the little small moments of truth, moments of clarity that I'd had with different people in my life. And, uh, and especially at the end when she is just basically like, my life is over. Like everything I've worked in is done. And now, and he's like, I'm not dying. mom. <laughs> and, uh, and like, I totally related to that moment, you know, where it's just like, even though I don't have kids or anything, you know, you just have those moments where you're just like, okay, this is it. You know, this is one of those key moments of life. Yeah. And, you know, I wondered if he was attempting to do some of that in this film in a way, Mm -hmm. in in, in its own way. And I felt again, wanting to see a live action (laughs) version of it Uh, because I thought that would just help, help sort of speak to me more. Just given, you know, again, the kind of crayon. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. He, but also interesting to look at it in hindsight, too. You know, here we've seen, of course, some of Linklater's later work, and then we see something that he did, you know, earlier on uh, that, you know, 20 years ago that was mm-hmm. really uh, different. Yeah. It's interesting that two of the most abstract. Uh, thoughtful filmmakers of the last, you know, I don't know, period of time uh, with Terrence Malick and Richard Linklater, both are, have sort of a creationist perspective, which I think is interesting. I do too. (laughs) And, and, you know, not that everybody has to think the same way, but I kind of love it. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it seems that to me seems so refreshing. Yeah. It really is. And it's just, this, I think, is actually not very cynical. And I don't think Malik's work is cynical either. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's a a hope in in both of their works that while both can seem pretentious, uh, there's a hope there. And, and in this movie, Linklater talks a lot about, about communication and about language and he says at one point he says we use symbol we use a system of symbols to communicate all the abstract and intangible things we are experiencing when i say i when i say love the sound comes out of my mouth and it hits the other person's ear travels through this byzantine conduit in their brain through their memories they say they understand but how do I know they understand? Because words are inert, just symbols. They are dead. So much of our experience is intangible, and so much of what we perceive can't be expressed. It's unspeakable. So basically, when I say I love you, you hear it, and you think about what love means to you, and then you process it in to say, okay, I understand what that means. <laughs> exactly and yeah what a again what kind of an interesting thing to try to explain in a film mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. you know <laughs> right. and, and and uh 
yeah, I just, I so none of the concepts necessarily blew my mind other than the uh, concept of that, that uh, Linklater believes in God. That's the mm-hmm. one, that's the one thing that was so surprising to me, but, but uh, yeah, how did you feel with these multiple kind of explanations of, of how life works, you know, according to Richard Linklater? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, it's did interesting. You did, I mean, did you, what, 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 what were your thoughts on that? Because he also talks about the problem of free will. Yes. How yeah, can we exactly. be free if God already knows what you are going to do? The physical laws are trustworthy, but we are just physical systems too. And our behavior isn't going to be an exception to these laws. Whether it is God or physical laws, there's not a lot of room for freedom. So basically, like we are held back by like we can't there's certain things we can't do because of gravity, because of physical laws that prevent us from making those choices, right? But then also there are spiritual laws that uh that will keep us from progressing the way that we want to progress if we violate those laws the spiritual laws basically is what he's saying like if we murder somebody then we will have we will won't we won't progress as a human we'll stop right there's certain things that stop our free will and I don't know. It's interesting because you have the man in jail who's who's super angry and just screaming uh, for, and he has lost his free will because of his choices. Yeah, it's interesting. That, yeah, interesting representation mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, that concept, and uh, you know that um, that fine. I really should have timed it, Rachel, but. <laughs> When Linklater was at the pinball machine, right? You know, I mean, that seemed to be like it was thirty minutes. It but was. I'm really sure it was. I'm sure it wasn't. But but talking about you know again the whole, uh, like illusion of life, and the interpretation of time, and and uh, you know God's involvement in it all. Again, and and Link, Richard Linklater, you know, plays that character. You know, I mean, and, and yeah. I don't know if he was just really just playing himself. You know, I I, I don't know, but uh, well, he, he, he creates quite the argument for cinema. What do you think yeah. about that? He says, yes. he talks about the holy moment. It's cinema in its essence is about reality. Reality is reproduced. It doesn't have the imagination of literature. So where, let's say I can read a book and have a totally different vision of what that story is. Because say I, say I read a book and I picture, say I read Tom Sawyer and I picture Tom Sawyer with blonde hair, right? And then you could read it and you could picture him with brown hair. Yeah. And we'd have a totally different story, you know, with, whereas if I'm watching a movie, he has brown hair. That's it. Yeah. Right. So the reality is reproduced and then we go with them on that, uh, on, on that journey 
and then we get that holy moment where we see something reproduced that mimics our own experience. And, uh, yeah. Which was interesting. He also says that, <laughs> that what do you think about the, the chimpanzee? So the gap between Plato and Nietzsche and the average human is greater than the gap between chimpanzee <laughs> and the average human. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, pretentious, right? <laughs> I also really liked this line where he says, there are two kinds of sufferers in the world. Those who suffer from a lack of life and those who suffer from an abundance of life. I like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things, and I, I appreciate so much that you, you know, you yeah, sharing these quotes from the film, just because I think it's that's that's so helpful to help in describing it, right? Yeah. But I think probably even though there's there is somewhat of this of this through line, uh, it's again like just these series of of vignettes that are that are, are thought provoking. Yet, not necessarily like okay. Now, again, is there a through line? You know, is there is 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 he really trying to prove a point? Yeah, that, you know that throughout the film, or because by the time by the time it ended, it almost. I mean, you know, this is a film we recently talked about. In a lot of ways, it felt to me like it's it's like an Alice in Wonderland type of thing, right? In, in that. It's all these different things that that maybe are connected, but really, but are they? <laughs> you know, I wasn't. Sh- yeah, I wasn't. You sh- could almost have like a Sunday school class about each one of these little meetups, exactly. right? Yes, and because they all they all have something different, which I think makes it interesting and keeps it from being too insufferable. Yeah, that's true because it kept it did kept mm-hmm. changing. It wasn't like. The same point was being brought up again and again and again. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And the set and the setting would change and the actors would change. Yeah. And, what do you think about seeing uh, um, Jesse and Celine from before movies? Yeah. That was kind uh, of fun. It was fun. Yeah. It's just kind of unexpected. A little unexpected treat. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Said, Maybe I only exist in your mind. I'm still, but I'm still as real as anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and that feels like something especially Jesse would say. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, it, it, yeah, it didn't seem yeah. the way that they were talking was foreign at all. Because it wasn't, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of agnostic as far as politicians. He says, he says, do you want the puppet on the left or the puppet on the right? Let me, uh, he says, let my own lack of a voice be heard. And then the character literally lights him on self on fire yeah. rather than vote. <laughs> yeah. So again, that was before 2001. Holy <laughs> smokes. Yeah. Uh, and he also, the politician in the car with the mm-hmm. speaker. And he says, we should not submit to dehumanization. I want freedom. It's up to each of us to be set free. So, 
Yeah, which is interesting when you think yeah, about it. You, you know, think of everything that's happened since 2001. It's, oh, my goodness. Not to get too political, but that's just interesting. It is interesting. And, you know, I didn't necessarily feel like he was being prophetic or anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was, was in a way holding up the mirror to society, I think, into the time period. Mm-hmm. But also, it also, again, just felt like these were just a series of questions that he was just had been asking himself or, or, you know, he'd been just compiling and then, and then just came up with a, a way to, yeah, to, to present it and then, then animate it. And he was just about to start on Boyhood because Boyhood right. came out in 2014 and it took 12 years to make. So yeah. he was just about to start that next year. And he says, he says, film is a record of God. It shouldn't be based on the script. It should be based on the person, which is Boyhood. Yeah, I was going to say that's just the perfect description of Boyhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And... I mean, it is kind of interesting because when you think about it, like he is known for his scripts yeah. uh, and he says it shouldn't be based on the script, but yet uh, the scripts are so in- interconnected with his, with his characters. The person is the script mm-hmm. kind of made me, this movie, it made me think a little bit about uh, defending your life. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I love that film. It's one of my favorites. And I just love when he gets to his uh, hotel and it's in the afterlife. And it's like the Continental. It's like it's like from the 70s. Everything. <laughs> He's like, and then he goes over to Meryl Streep's hotel. Oh, she's got like this. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what is this? I love that movie. It's so yeah. good. That's so good. He's watching so good. all the different lives that he's lived over the years at the movie theater. Yeah. And it's got kind of have a similar feeling of here. Yeah, it does. Um, and I think to, to you know to, to defend I think advantage goes to defending your life in a way though. In in that yeah. it it has a I'm calling it a throughput, Rachel, but maybe there needs to be a, we can, there needs to be a better word. But a, a point of view that 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 carries through. Mm-hmm. Again, not that that's what Linklater was trying to do, because again, I think he had multiple philosophical things that he would just put in the mix. Yeah. Uh, Plus, spending your life is just so freaking funny. It's, it's hilarious. just so funny and, and, and a so sa- and so satisfying. Yeah, there's a great romance. <laughs> And a great character arc, you know, and all that. So very different, yeah. you know, different, very different in that regard. But again, in, in, you know, in 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 uh, in in Waking Life, I didn't really feel like there was a character arc. No, uh, the only you know, you just see the changes in that main character in that oh, near near in that scene near the opening where he's levitating, trying to, and he grabs onto mm-hmm. the, the the handle of the car. A and very then, similar movie that I think has more of a narrative that people should check out that's just in theaters now is called Nine Days. And this is a movie I saw 2020 at Sundance. And it's about a, it's about basically like a clearing house in the afterlife where he decides, this man decides whether people get to move on to the next 
step <laughs> next next phase yeah. and he gets to he gets to see their life and he gets really invested in sort of their choices and uh and there's something that happens with one of his uh people that he's been watching that he just can't understand and it's really good people should check it out it's right in theaters i think either right now or close to i think um, yeah at least i think it's playing in some local theaters at least mm-hmm. here in Salt Lake city yeah yeah you'd like it i think but yeah, it, I like this. I'm glad to hear yeah. it. Thank you for the info because yeah. it looked it sounds interesting. Yeah. I love movies about the afterlife and about like thinking about these broader themes. Like I love Our Town. It's one of my favorite plays. I love uh the um a movie called Afterlife by uh, the great Japanese filmmaker Korida, Hirokazu Korida. And it's great. And it's coming out on Criterion this fall, which I'm so excited because it's been oh, out of yeah. print. Yeah, so it's not, yeah, so keep an eye on that. It's, announcement. it's so good, but I don't know. I just love I love those kinds of films, and uh, he he says in this movie he says that confront the familiar, society is a fraud, and and then he says I guess it's up to me. I'm the dreamer. So that's kind of his challenge to all of us is that sort of this uh, this idea of sort of society that stops us from doing things sometimes because we don't want to be embarrassed or whatever we don't want to fail that that we need to confront the familiar that society is a fraud and that it, it's i guess it's up to me i'm the dreamer which so. you know is a positive hopeful message i think and then yeah. you know empowering message uh what did you think of the ending? Well, he says that he says Kierkegaard's last words were sweep me up. And, and if we know Kierkegaard, Kierkegaard, Kierkegaard was actually an interesting, uh, talked a lot about faith in his, it was interesting that he brought Kierkegaard up. Kierkegaard in, into the yeah. yeah, because Kierkegaard talked about the the perfect leap of faith, and that was the only otherwise. If you were going to take the leap, and you weren't going to go all the way, then it was basically nonsensical. The only way to have faith was is to take the perfect leap, and uh, and so I I think uh, that that's maybe a little bit what he's talking about. Uh, about is that sweep me up into that perfect leap um and uh, he dreams of dancing and music and uh he also talks about the book of acts being as described by philip k dick yeah and so there really is a lot of there really is a lot of religious kind of dogma in this movie you know i was wondering about the uh the symbolism of 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 the of grabbing onto the handle of the car, and mm. if that even is a symbol, because again, you know, we see we see this happening twice: once when the main character is is young, and then when he's you know in this kind of his thirty something state, which he, which we see him for most of the film. Yeah, but uh, you know, when he's young, he was able to grab on, but it also seemed like that there was a spot to grab. It almost the way it was animated, it was hard to see for me if, if as an adult, he wasn't able to, you know, as he starts levitating and he wasn't able to grab onto the car. But he's flying uh, at the end. He's flying, yeah. Uh, and 
you know, I guess I just wasn't necessarily sure how to interpret that. Because, again, I wasn't sure that he was necessarily dying. Maybe he was. But it almost seemed like he was now going off to higher higher ground or to a different a different experience. I don't know. That's what I wanted to get your your take on that. I just wasn't yeah. sure how to interpret it. I think that, I mean, because they are talking about Kierkegaard's last words, sweep me up, and then he's flying. I, I think that that, he also says that uh, the story is moving from the no to the yes. Everyone gets to the yes in the end. So I think that's what he's saying is that, is that uh, basically there's an illusion that we have all the time in the world and take advantage of uh, this is life was raging all around me and every moment was magical all that really mattered is connecting with the people and that's when he says kierkegaard's last words were sweep me up yeah so i think that that's what he's saying is like take advantage of all of the time that uh are that you have and really listen to people and, and connect with them. And, um, and, uh, try to listen. And, and, and some of that is through, through cinema, at least he says, film is a record of God, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. So, Yeah. I think that I guess that's what they're flying off into heaven. I guess I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And again, maybe that's the point too. Again, it's not supposed to be necessarily clear or subject yeah. to interpretation. I guess but. that's his drawing with a sixteen pack of of crayons. Of crayons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And it's like you said, creation seems to come out of imperfection. But, but yeah, I mean, I this is one of those movies I could totally understand why people might not enjoy um, because it is very pretentious. But uh, I well, I enjoyed it, and I certainly enjoyed talking about it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. it. Really I fun. mean, I enjoyed it too. And yeah, it really helped me to talk about. It. Thanks for helping me process. <laughs> I think but, I did too. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, it's, 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 it's a one of a kind type of, type of film, definitely, you know, an art film uh, that is thought provoking, maybe not necessarily, you know, enjoyable, but that's not what it's trying to be either. You know, it's just, I think it's maybe that's, it's, uh, it's all about expressing thought and trying to help you think. Yeah. uh, Versus, you know, be, tell you a story and be be entertained it's good every now and then to watch a movie like this well i agree of... and i don't know if this is a fair comparison but it also reminded me of some woody allen films mm-hmm. too that maybe some of those have a little more plot in them but woody allen's always bringing up philosophers and you know different That's different true. philosophies uh and and uh it made me yeah, if you think about some of the discussions in Midnight in Paris. Yes. Or even exactly. in um, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know Manhattan has its stuff that doesn't age well about it, but I, I actually like that better than Annie Hall. 
Oh man, Hands, I think I, I really, yeah, it's, it's a very good film. Yeah, especially when yeah. he says, when he gets mad at them for talking about about things being overrated, he's like, what? <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. That was so funny. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I think we'll have to, one of these days, watch Scanner Darkly, because I've never seen that one, so it'll be yes. interesting to yeah, watch. Yeah, I want to watch it. I want to watch it too, and... And and I just want to watch. I make sure I've seen all of Linklater's films. I mm-hmm. you know this this didn't make me like him any less. Again, I was just saying I, I wanted more. I wanted mm-hmm. more. Just I wanted more of yeah of of, of him rather than of, of the crayons. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's one of those movies that probably would have, would be more palatable as a short. And I think yeah. that a lot of Sundance movies are that way. <laughs> I did too. I was going to say, it just, it seemed, it honestly seems to me like it was a perfect Sundance movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, I agree with you. I, I would rather have them as a short, but that's just, that's just my yeah. personal taste. I know? think that's a lot of films that I watch at Sundance or that you wish that there could be like a featurette if that was still sort of palatable. Right. That's just a sort of thing. Yeah. I think there's a ton of those movies that would be just perfect as sort of a little, little. Yeah. Like kind film. of 20, 20, 25 minutes sort of yeah. deal. Is that, uh, yeah. Or 30, 30. something like yeah. that. Yeah. But alas, that's not marketable any, anymore. But uh, it's, it'd be, I'd be interested to see if he could take another crack at a, uh, if not an animated film, something kind yeah. of like this. Cause exactly. The, the last few movies he's done have been more a little more mainstream. Uh, yes, that he's done. Uh, yeah, I mean, since Boyhood, a movie called Last Flag Flying, which I actually liked. Um, he did Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which I did not like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Everybody Wants Some, which was I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, I enjoyed that one too. Uh, and then Boyhood Before Midnight. And he had a really weird movie called Bernie uh, that was very strange. Um, yeah, that's the one I still I, that I, I need to see. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. But then he has some more uh, mainstream like School of Rock, which is fun. Oh, yeah. So total blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's a he's a great director. One of our great he's, directors. Yeah, fabulous director. Yeah. I'll never forgive the Academy for picking in Ritu over over, over Link him. Later. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let us know if you have seen Waking Life. What did you think of it? Did you like it? Do you think it's pretentious and too much for you? I can yeah, understand what that. What's the meaning of life? <laughs> yeah, what is the meaning of life and dreams? Yes. Uh, put in the description. Uh, I mean, in the comment section, we'd love to hear or on Twitter. And this was a lot of fun, Stanford. Thank you. And oh, thank you, as always, for <laughs> you know encouraging us to watch really, you know, unique and cool yep. movies. Yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, so, where can people find you on social media and your podcast and everything? Yeah, on on Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. Uh, Instagram at Movies PAP. And um, my movie podcast and blog can be found at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So 
please check that out. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. It really helps us out. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our Patreon group, which is a ton of fun. And we really appreciate that support there over the Patreon group. We also have our uh, merch store, which has Animation Junkie shirts. So please take a look at that. And uh, we appreciate that so much. And if you have any suggestions of what we should talk about in future Obscure Animation, Indie Animation episodes, just let us know. We would we would really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you all later. Have good Goodbye. dreams. <laughs> Bye. <Yes. laughs>